Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Southern California, Joey. No chill, Prano. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning. How's it going over there? How's it going over there in Cincinnati, Ohio? It's good, man. It's good. uh, I'm excited for today's show. That's great. I'm excited for today's show as well. I was doing a little... Little homework, so to speak, last night. I have little, found little, a, a, a waltz through the archives. Oh yeah, a little a little waltz through the archives. I have found some Andy Ruther, Kobe Bryant defender clips, and they are cringe. You know what? I gotta say, props to you for on multiple fronts here. One for taking the time to do that. Two for you know. Andy Ruther has always not been afraid to publicize his own failures. And, you know, there's not a lot of people who are like that. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure Joe Prano is capable of that. I guess if I ever made a wrong take on this show, <laughs> uh, I'd have to come to grips with that decision. Uh, but I'm not sure if I ever do that, I would be able to revisit it and be wrong. Well, first of all, thank you for that. And secondly, as much as I don't want to give you t- any more credit because we can all see how humble you are. <laughs> what was very resounding for me was that the same points that are being made in 2022, you were making in 20, these clips are from 2014. Well, that's the thing, you know, it, and I'll say this about basketball specifically. Um, you know, uh, it, it's hard, like players change over sport. You know, we, we are, we're, our podcast is sort of the king of, you know, uh, quarterback hot takes. And, you know, you watch, you can watch baseball players, football players, running backs, receivers, outfielders, pitchers, whatever develop over the course of their career. But when it comes to basketball, I got it, you know, I will toot my own horn a little bit is like, I can see pretty early on. I don't watch a ton of college basketball, but also in college basketball, um, you can you can be that guy. You know, you can be Carmelo Anthony and be like, I am a player that you know can score and will be able to do that at every single level. I'm the best player on this team. I've got a good coach, yeah, whatever. Like you can be successful yeah. in college basketball by by having a skill set that is just better than everybody else's on the floor. I'm pretty good when it comes to the NBA to being like, listen, your game, this is your game. And unless you change it, this is what you are. And Kobe Bryant was a guy, you know, he's probably the prototypical guy who came into the league, um, you know, volume score, hates passing, never changed. People fucking love it. You know, the propaganda machine works in all the ways. Also, people just love seeing guys score the basketball. But the bottom line is, truly, if you want to win, if you want to 
you know, be a, a, a to, in my opinion, like the greatest of the greats, you know, the game is more than one aspect. And, and I just hate, I just, I just always from, from the day I started playing basketball till today, I just hate selfish basketball players. And those guys drive me bananas and I can see it. I can see it in their eyes. I can see it in their game. Well, for me, going back and listening to these episodes and, and I mean, we're talking early dirty sports days. These are clips that I'm pulling from episodes like 49, 50 and 51. So we're about seven months into the show. This is early November, 2014. So almost eight years ago, I think what's obvious for myself is that I had, I wasn't watching the game closely enough, but also again, it was like I had been brainwashed for lack of better term. And then I think a lot of all those emotions, right? Like I said, I moved to LA. That was right before when I moved to LA actually was when Kobe was demanding the trade to the bulls, which a lot of people forget the bulls right. were kind of the top choice. Kobe, Kobe didn't make the playoffs his first year after Shaq left, made it two years in a row after that as an eight seed, never won a playoff series. So he wanted to get out. And that's kind of around the time I moved here. And then by the second, but my, he wanted to get out, but Kobe's the ultimate, like he would never leave the Lakers. He was Mr. L- like, that's sure. the problem. That's the problem with today's NBA is that guys don't win. And then they demand to go somewhere else. I don't know. I thought Kobe's the face of not doing that. Kobe's well, the guy who stuck with his team. He tried to, and obviously, and he, obviously there is theory and, and it could be right. Absolutely. That that was to force the Lakers to make a move, but the bottom line is, and then they get Pau Gasol and everything. It's, changes. Yeah. It's exactly what every guy did is I, this situation needs to be better, fix it or trade me. Yeah. And then we all know what happens. They get Pau Gasol, they make it to three straight finals. They win two of them. And, and kind of the rest is history. But I do want to play some of these clips. I even found me saying clutch. I mean, it, it is it is so cringe. It's going to be funny. I think the dirt balls are going to appreciate that. And that and, and that's another thing. That's that's another thing that historically, especially in the NBA, we like that's a label that gets put on guys or taken off guys. And it's like there's absolutely no rhyme or reason for it especially guys like kobe bryant and michael jordan versus lebron james it's like jordan was always usually pretty clutch yeah but the but the what it comes down to is if you're the guy who's absolutely the only one who will take a shot late in games for your team you're going to make a lot of them you're you're going to probably miss more of them than you make yeah. But you're going to make a lot of them. And then it becomes the same thing. People love volume. So they go, Kobe's clutch. He's hit this many quote unquote game winners. Jordan's made this many quote unquote game winners. And it's like in those situations, they're shooting like Kobe shooting like 30%. And yeah. like Jordan's shooting like 42%. And LeBron James is shooting like 53% or something like that. And LeBron's just not doing it all the time because he's also a make the right basketball play guy. So then it becomes Michael Jordan has hit this many. Kobe Bryant has hit this many. It's like, but clutch would be, you know, a higher percentage. Right. And clutch would be like those Robert Ori, those Chauncey Billups, 
those, those kind of guys who's like, man, they were not the guy to be put in that situation all the time, but yet they always seem to be the one that was making that shot. They're like, especially clutch. Sure. Being the guy who gets to take the clutch shot all the time doesn't necessarily mean you're clutch. Yeah. So this trip down memory lane is pretty funny because you straight up don't want to talk the beginning of one episode. I guess what, what, what happened was, I don't remember this. What happened was you and I get in a huge Kobe discussion right. on episode 50. Okay. Which love, then can, love these trips down memory lane, which then continues via text. Okay. Where I Great, guess Steve. let's go, baby. I don't have the text messages, sadly, but I guess what happened was you and I texted back and forth over a weekend for like 90 straight minutes at one point about Kobe. And you straight up said, I'm not speaking to start the next episode until you say Kobe is not clutch. After you had presented me statistical evidence, which showed at that time, Kobe was 31% on the final possession. Right. Which by definition is obviously not clutch. And you see, I, I don't want to give up my side. You can you can right. I mean, you can see in the argument. Anyway, let me let me just play some of these clips because again, I, the dirtballs have requested them. I actually really enjoyed finding these, to be honest, because it does show how much I've changed. This one is from episode fifty again, early early November, twenty fourteen. So it's the 2014-2015 season, and and for some quick context, this is a season that the Lakers went 21 and this is what year 2014 2014 2015 season the lakers went 21 and 61 they lost their first five games to start the year they started one and nine kobe only played 35 games because he was hurt so they were just terrible but anyway is this so th the year that he gets hurt in the middle of the year this is the year he tears his achilles i believe so all right, so this is, again, episode 50. This is a discussion of Kobe being clutch and Pau Gasol. Yeah, but he wasn't the best player on any of your five, uh, any of those five championships. No, Jesus. So you're, you're opening a whole <laughs> other discussion that's just not true. It is true. To say he was not the best player when they won the back-to-back -back in 2009 and 2010. The best all-around player Do not tell me Pau Gasol. Gasol. Do not tell the, me it's Pau Gasol. It, it's a fact. That, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever it's heard. A, if you, if you, Dude, Kobe, I, I realize you don't know anything about basketball, but going 12, wow. but, uh, but going 12 for 14 for 25 points, grabbing rebounds and passing out of the post in the triangle and playing defense, isn't a better player to the U than a guy who's not doing anything, but taking 35 shots and scoring 40 points. Then you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. That's just, you're the only one who would say that. You're the only one who would say Kobe is better than Powell. Kobe won the MVP the year they lost the Celtics. He didn't just win the MVP. Dude, Kobe put that team on his back, essentially, that whole season. Where was, what happened when, what happened when Powell wasn't on that team? The only difference between a team that won 40 games and a team that won the NBA Finals is they traded for Powell Gasol. It's, it's, that is the one on, difference on, on. on the team. First of all, Pagasol is really good, and he was playing great. I'm not denying that. I'm just saying that. that I'm, I'm going to pause it for a quick second. I'm stumbling so hard. It's so funny. I, I am just trying to <laughs> – I'm, like, stuck in a maze, and I'm trying to find my way out. And it, it's, it's not pretty when you look at it from that point that they win 40 games. They at, wait, wait until you hear what I say next, where I'm, like, defending this – Lamar Odom, he couldn't find his way. It's 
it's a sad day. It's just a sad, <laughs> it's just it's just a sad day for me right here. One but difference. he also fits so good in that system. You know he did. Yeah, exactly. He fit perfectly in the triangle. That that is my With, point. The 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 whole thing. But dude, he's still co. He's still the, he's still fucking clutch. I mean, come on. Oh. First of all, he's not. He, he, first of all, first of all, you can't compare him ever to Carmelo Anthony, pull, dude. Pull up Kobe Bryant fucking game winning stats, game winning shots, all that clutch nonsense you just talked about. The worst in NBA history to have taken a certain number of shots on game winning or game tying shots. He's shooting like twenty three percent. I just, I mean, I so, hold on, silence. You know, <laughs> dude, do you notice is, is Andy's mic on? <laughs> I just go silent. All right, let's let's see how I finish off this last minute. I will never say that Kobe was not better than Pau Gasol. All around, every aspect of the game, Pau Gasol. If Kobe wanted to, he... He, he it, could defend, he could rebound, he could make more than 40% of his shots. Well, then maybe he should because he's getting... But he does because even before he was getting injured, remember last year for a while, he was having all the assists because he can, he can turn into the playmaker like that. And he and he's he was a great defender. You know that. He, I'm saying, locking down. If you look at the those teams, like it, when when you're talking about the, a team, they played the Celtics in the NBA Finals. Paul Pierce was going up. That was like Paul Pierce and Kobe are in the, are going out in the backcourt. Pau Gasol and Garnett, all those people are going out in the frontcourt. Pau Gasol is fucking dominating. On both ends of the floor, whereas Kobe's like, oh, Paul Pierce will get his 30. I'll get my 30. Whatever. He wasn't dominating. We'd have to go back and look at those stats. I don't want to get into that, to be honest, because we haven't even talked NFL yet. Okay. Oh, look, look, look at me. Look yeah. at me. <laughs> wow. Like fucking uh, uh, Fran Tarkenton or Archie Manning. And I was just scrambling to <laughs> <laughs> shoulder turn away from the line ducking just ducking an outside linebacker with his hands around your neck we got to switch to the nfl gets loose makes a break for the fucking pylon oh my god it's just all... sees the sideline and just could dive for safety i said clutch i said i'll never say what it what is remarkable though on all this is how undervalued and appreciated or underrated in general just pal soul was you don't have to tell me, bro. Uh, but I'm saying like his whole career. I mean, obviously he was yeah. in Memphis and nobody cared, but but everybody was like, okay, you're in Memphis and you're the guy. Let's see how you perform in the big city and the bright lights of Los Angeles. And he was just as good. He was he was fantastic. Pau Gasol is truly one of the more underrated guys. I mean, listen, the there's no doubt about it that the Lakers don't win those championships without Kobe Bryant or a version of Kobe. You know, like sure, it, it, it was. It was having an elite score, but like bringing in Pau Gasol did uh, was honestly maybe the perfect fit because was he Shaquille O'Neal? No, but Kobe Bryant couldn't coexist with a guy who dominated like Shaquille O'Neal. He needed a guy like Pau Gasol who's going to come in quietly do all that all-star level work quietly yeah. defend all of those great bigs that were in the Western conference pass out of the post support Kobe do all the things and do it quietly so that guys like you at the time and now people still to this day pretend like he didn't exist and it was all Kobe Bryant Kobe Bryant needed that Kobe sure. Bryant needed the big man 
that, that people were just going to overlook for being like 25 and 12 and five against the best players in the world day in and day out quietly doing it. He needed people to be like, this is Kobe's team and only Kobe's team. Yeah. Any, I mean, any big man that was worth what Powell Gasol was would demand so much more attention and Powell didn't. And that's why Kobe and him could coexist. I mean, it really got all the accolades. It really was the perfect mix. You got a guy who's going to come in and give you 16 points, 16 to 18 points a game on average, 10, 10 plus rebounds, two blocks. And he's also a quiet European. Yeah. You know, it's like, it was the perfect fit for Kobe for that team. But so, again, people don't realize that the, the thing about Pau Gasol is just like straight up, like going into the, those Western conference playoffs and just being like, we hold our own. It's like Stoudemire and Dirk and Duncan and whoever it's like, we have, we have a fine matchup down there. We're not, we're not worried about going into these games and having guys like that, just at, you know, KG when he's still on the Timberwolves, KG when he's on the Celtics in, in those final series, we go into those. We're not worried about just getting absolutely dominated at that position. Pagasol is as good or better than those guys in, in some of those playoff series. Sure. A hundred percent. So that's me refusing or me saying he's clutch. Let's fast. And forward. by the way, I remember that very, very not, not that conversation, but I remember very specifically the stat that I bring up, which is like, it was X amount of shots. I think it's 20 or something like that. 20 total, like guys who have taken or attempted more than 20 game tying or game winning shots, I think in the playoffs or something like that over the course of their career, like Kobe Bryant was shooting in the 20%. Yeah. So making one out of five of them. So here's what I'm going to do. That's episode 50 where I'm on record saying clutch right out of the Kobe Bryant propaganda playbook. So we get into that discussion on text message. I'm going to kind of go back and forth between these two episodes. Now let's go to the next episode, which is Monday which would be episode 51 where I am basically. I love this is carrying over from episode to episode. Oh yeah. So basically I have to, you, you're not, you don't want to talk until I say Kobe's not clutch. So, <laughs> yes. so, so here's this clip. This is to start the show episode 51. I love my favorite part about this is like showing where you've, where you were to where you are now. But also, I love this just like classic joke. Like, I'm refusing to talk. Yeah. So let's hear that. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am Andy Ruther, and we are live from the Sideshow Network studio in Los Angeles, California, along with my co-host, Joey. I'm on strike. Prano. He's not talking, guys. He He's on a strike right now. Joe has been butthurt all because of an argument we had last podcast about Kobe Bryant being clutch. Now I went back and I listened to the podcast and I said, Kobe was clutch and Joe was mad that I said that. But I think the I think the bigger point is this. The point is he was mad that I forced him to say on air that the giants weren't good. I, th I think this is where all this stems from. So Joe, over the weekend, we went back and forth on text message, said he was not going to talk until I went on air and said that Kobe was not clutch. Now, Joe Shep sent me some stats, and I will have to say on air, if we're going to define clutch as... 
hold on. Can I hop in here? L- listen to me doing the Bill Clinton. What define? Yeah. yeah. What the word is is. I'm like, well, if we're going to define clutch, I'm trying to break down the definition of clutch. This is so pathetic. It's just a sad, sad state. As last minute shots or game winning shots, I think we're most of the stats, final minute shots, Kobe's at about 31%, which by definition is not clutch. So I will, I will be a man and say, by those numbers, that is definitely not clutch. So Joe can win that argument. Would I still want Kobe to take the final shot? Yes. That's what I have to say about <laughs> what? that. What? I'm on drugs. I need you to say Kobe Bryant is not clutch. It, 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 in, the, in the final seconds? I need you to... you. I was talking, I was putting out, I, I was making an argument last, and you interrupted me and said, say the Giants suck. See, th- so I'm right. This is what it all boils so down to. I need you now to tell me that Kobe Bryant is not clutch. I sent you a ton of statistics saying Kobe Bryant is not clutch. What are you, defi- what are you, de- what are you, Kobe Bryant is not clutch. Thank what, you. What are you defining that as? Well, I'm defining it as exactly what I, what I sent you, you know, uh, end, end of the game, game. A shot to tie or win the game. Kobe's Kobe's percentage isn't just bad, it's awful. Wow. There you have it. I still, this is how crazy I am at this point. And by the way, I sound like I'm on Coke because I used to talk so much quicker and I'm all like ADD'd out. I said after knowing that he was 31%, I still openly say I want him to take the final shot. So that you can I, lose two thirds, more than two thirds of your games. I needed to be like put in rehab. Like I almost needed like a Kobe Bryant intervention. Honestly, though, the thing that this is, I think this is important for like bass. I mean, I know that we still have, we still have a small group of people who whatever the argument is that we've had on the show and we've, we've got like, this is not the only thing it's, you know, LeBron, Jordan, Kobe, especially with basketball quarterbacks, whatever the things that we've gone deep on. We still have people who listen to this show who just like will not give up their thing. But this is like, it's, it's, it's almost a testament to like, the way the sports media and the way ESPN or whatever, the way that they do use these, the, the propaganda to sell tickets, to sell, you know, finals watching, to sell whatever. Like, this is what they do. They pick guys and they're like, this is this, or like, look at all these shots he's made. And they, they go through the whole thing. And that's why propaganda is so dangerous it's because it'll, li- yeah. it'll literally make you hear the truth. And be like, but still no, like it, like it's the equivalent of a million people have died of COVID and people are like, it's a hoax. Let's go Brandon. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, but you have all the statistics. Why are you still doing it? It's because propaganda is crazy and it will convince you to believe things that you're not seeing with your own eyes. And even when presented with facts, you're, you're just still denying it. And it's crazy that it happens. And and the truth is, it's like, look how long it took us to get you to where you are today. I mean, this is 
six, seven, seven years ago, eight years ago, almost eight years ago, almost eight years. I mean, this has been a process. This has been some clockwork orange shit. We're like, we had to pin your eyes open and show you the truth about Kobe for the better part of a decade <laughs> to just break like ESPN, you know, NBA Nike propaganda that was fed to you. Well, I obviously I started to change. I started to change way sooner than that. I started to change once I see what LeBron was doing when he came back to Cleveland. And obviously LeBron already had a great resume before that, but I think that's where it really started to change for me. And then I've now gotten into a phase in my life where I, I like to read a ton about this, both through books and then also online. So when presented all this information, right? Right. And that's like, the thing. That's the thing too, that people like don't, that's, that's even more the, the propaganda. Like what, what year did Phil Jackson's book come out? Oh, that's after that's like 2004, the one where he completely destroys Kobe. I yeah. mean, that's that's after maybe it's a little later than that. That's after the first eight year Laker run. Right. That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying like the information for people was is there. out there. Sure. They just refuse to take that information in. Yeah. So here's a couple more clips. This one is titled. I, this is my favorite thing ever, by the way. I like that we started the show that we didn't tease or whatever. Let's get right into this. Well, again, I was up, I was up late doing this. Cause I, I was, I was like, you know, when you get in the mode, I was like, I'm going to find these clips. Let's uh, let's play this one. This says Kobe without Shaq. I believe we're going back again. This is episode 50. I yeah. mean, your hatred for Kobe. Also just look up some of the stats. Okay. I will, but I'm, yeah. and I'm not, I'm not the biggest Kobe defender, but I still say, say what you want about all those titles. My argument is always this. Kobe doesn't win that with those. Shaq and Powell don't win that if they don't have Kobe. It goes vice versa. Well, that first of all, no, because Shaq, yes. Shaq immediately left and won a championship with a rookie Dwayne Wade. He wasn't a rookie. Or a second-year Dwayne Wade. And Dwayne, a second-year Dwayne, Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade was third-year, I think. Look, he was talking about stats. Look at, look, at, look at Dwayne. Dwayne Wade was the MVP when they beat the Mavs in the I, 2006 Finals. Look how good Dwayne Wade the, was. Here's the deal, though. If you have Shaq, in and the that middle. was like his third year. There's no, year. there's no doubling the fucking hot shooting guard. There's no doubling Kobe when Shaq is scoring 40 and grabbing 25 boards. There's no doubling him. They're, that's what I'm saying. It's a completely different situation. Shaq left and immediately won. When Shaq left, Kobe immediately won 40 games. That's what happened. And now look again. Now, basically, anytime Kobe didn't have a huge big man, they've been, they haven't won a game this year. Which, again, I, I fully agree with that statement, like all this stuff now. I mean, they were that, – that's – see, that is, a, that is a great take to get out there that more people need to know. Kobe was never good without a dominant big man. Now, again, I, I do still think, you know, you even agree, like you need – to win titles, you need more than one guy. Of course. Of course. But, but the thing is the – and listen, is Pau Gasol a guy who's ever going to win a title on his own? No. But Pau Gasol – you know, like swap out Pau Gasol and Kevin Garnett on those on those Celtics Lakers teams. Both of those teams are probably in the finals still. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're talking about great players, of course, teaming up. But like the thing is, is Kobe Bryant. And this is this is the Peyton Manning argument, the Michael Jordan, LeBron argument, the Kobe argument, whatever is like the Tom Brady argument. Again, what happens when a certain guy leaves and a certain guy stays. Yeah. You know, but Shaq's there with Kobe Bryant. 
They're winning championships. Kobe gets the team on his own. He doesn't do shit. He gets an all-star big man. They win championships. All-star big man leaves again. They're crap again. You look at the LeBron James career. LeBron James comes to your team. You're going to the NBA finals. He leaves your team. You get the number one overall pick. You, 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 LeBron James comes back to your team. You're going back to the NBA finals. I mean, look at it uh, everywhere he's gone. The Lakers, this whole run of being bad post the, in the, in the end of the Kobe, the Kobe Bryant holding the team hostage for his five year Achilles fucking, you know, retirement tour. LeBron James comes, they win a championship again. Michael Jordan leaves a the team. They win two less games. Scotty Pippen gets MVP votes. Tom Brady leaves a team. You know, Matt Castle's winning 10 games and 11 games and just missing in the playoffs. Peyton Manning leaves your team. You get Andrew Luck because you win zero games. Peyton Manning comes back to the Broncos. They immediately go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. It's like, you're, you know, you, you just got to look at the effect that guys come and going on franchises have. Kobe Bryant, like everywhere Shaq went early in his career, Shaq goes to the finals with the Magic. You know, as a kid, Shaq goes to the Lakers. They become dominant. Shaq leaves. He immediately wins a championship with Dwayne Wade. He he elevates the sure. Heat. He elevates. Now Dwayne Wade is a great player, of course, but again, Dwayne Wade, uh, you know, Dwayne Wade wasn't the best player on those championship teams with LeBron. We know that. Dwayne Wade wasn't winning championships or like competing for championships prior to Shaq getting there. Of course, it takes multiple people to do it. But you got to look at like the guys who show up and boom, you're like how soul shows up. You're immediately a championship team. That's the difference between not being able to get out of the first round and winning a championship is just Palga soul. Meanwhile, Palga souls on Memphis teams, winning playoff rounds, not going deep, but like winning series. Did he win a series? I know he made, I, he's, he's making the playoffs. He's I, I think he's won a series in there somewhere. Yeah. They're not the eighth seed in Memphis. So I have one more clip. This one is titled Kobe Legacy. And again, it's either episode 50 or 51. This is the episode title? No, this is oh, what okay. I, this is a topic. Yeah, I, I just, I labeled the clips when I pulled yeah. them last night yeah, yeah. And, and edited them down. So this is, uh, I just wrote Kobe Legacy. But that's the thing. AI took this a dog shit Sixers team to the finals, to the finals by himself. Yeah, but uh, again, my argument always back is Kobe. Kobe lost in the first round of the Suns. You cannot compare those two. The East versus the West over the last. Yeah, the East over the West. But Kobe didn't lose to when he when he one of those when he lost those games. He wasn't losing the Spurs in the first. He lost to Mike Dan. Well, a lot of people say Mike D'Antoni and the fucking Suns. What were they? Oh, novelty offense. Oh, seven seconds left. Who gives a shit? He didn't lose in the Western Conference Finals. He lost in the first round. AI, dude. But again, look went to the finals. Look, look dude. Look at Kobe's. You know how bad Kobe's roster was. I sent it over. I to I know, you. but a, dude, smush. But how, how bad was LeBron's roster when? He went to the finals. They were they weren't that. I, I mean, uh, you, uh, uh, you, you're going to argue now that Mo Williams is a good player. Or no, 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 I'm not. Elgastus I'm not. I'm player. not. Here's what I'm going to argue. L- Lamar Odom was a great basketball player for a long time, but he wasn't. He wasn't. Lamar never came into his own. Pau Gasol made everyone better. 
There's yeah. no denying that. Absolutely. So when Powell came to the Lakers, he made everyone better. Dude, dude, dude here, here's my thing. LeBron. Here's could- the thing. You already argued. You already admitted Kobe's not clutch. And I don't really know what we're like at this point. What what are you arguing? What like my my thing is Kobe's a great player. He's just not. I'm he's, not. He's not in the class of Jordan and LeBron and Tim Duncan and Shaq, who you absolutely built championships around. I will say this. I'm not. I feel like you diminish Kobe's legacy. That's maybe our argument. But at this point, there's there's no point in continuing this because we just have different opinions on yeah. it. Wow. I mean, it's consistent to this day, right? Those just the players that you list. I mean, those are the no, guys. No, I agree. That's what those that's are the what, guys. That's what's pretty wild to me. Like eight years later, it's the same argument that holds up. And and again, like it's like you're saying, hey, look, he's a great player. He's not he's not top ten. No. You know, he's a top fifteen, top twenty player. He's not top ten. Now, on a lighter note. I found a couple Maria clips, which I have to play. <laughs> this is this is great. As I went through this, which it's wild to think just how brash and reckless I was saying things. If you take 2022 uh, culture. Yeah. And try to be to honest, it, I think you should be canceled for your Kobe takes. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> if that doesn't do it. You can just tell Maria's voice. And these aren't anything crazy. These are real quick ones. So this Maria was, hated you. Honestly, Maria, I, I feel like Maria hated me just because I had a podcast with you. But she <laughs> hated you. I think in my entire I, life. I, I, I am convinced that Maria had like multiple meetings with Side Joe Brass being like, I can't work with Andy Ruther. Oh, I like, bet. I, I don't like, I think this man... I think well, this man should, is a bad man. So, so for some background for people who don't know or newer listeners, we were at a now defunct podcast network called Sideshow Network, and we would go into their studio, and she was handling the audio. Yeah, she was our she was our engineer slash producer. Yeah, no, let's not do producer. Let's. She was our audio sure. engineer. Sure. So she was also mic'd up. Yeah. And I grew up just a giant Howard Stern fan, like my whole life, listening to him on the radio. And I kind of wanted to use her in that way where occasionally we'd come to her, we'd play off her or I'd mess with her. And she hated me. I, I, I do think no one's disliked me more in my entire life than her. <laughs> like and she, she had to come to work every day. Yeah. She had to come to work once a week knowing it's Andy Ruther day. Twice a week. Yeah. She had to see me. And we didn't always have her as yeah. our audio engineer, but we, we had her most of the time. So this is one I've just titled Maria. And I think you can tell it in her voice. I believe this is with Sam Tripoli on and you're calling from New York because you're out of town. Or no, maybe that's a different one. Okay, I'm just going to play this. Brandon, this show, I, I love this show is going to be nothing about sports. We're just going to be talking. It's all been about sex and banging chicks. Well, that's good. Uh, who, who's in uh, Who's in the studio? Is Maria there today? Yeah, Maria's here. Yes. Oh, I'm Maria. Here. Hi, Maria. Hi, Joe. I'm glad. I'm glad on these all sex shows that have been going on while I've been gone and said <laughs> you. You know that's what we want. Well, Prano, let's get to some sports. Let's talk about your New York Giants. Are you? Ex- yeah, I mean, you can just tell. Yeah. I'm already tell. apologizing. I'm like, I'm like, oh, we're doing an all <laughs> sex show. Is Mar- are are you ruining Maria's life? She's like, yes, I'm here. Please help. So this one's titled Maria Glory Hole. 
No, poor Maria. Yeah. Maria, Ma- Maria's our resident glory hole expert. That's her new title. I think you can. I think you can get Yelps for glory holes if you if you Google that shit. I said Maria is our new glory hole expert. That's her new title. Dude, dude, young Andy Ruther was wild, and that's just like a little tidbit of. The abuse I gave her. I feel like I feel like even her chuckle at that. That was like before her hate to realize that because by the end she was just she was stone. She was just like, "Don't talk to me. I'm just I'm just trying to come in, hit record, not get not get sexually assaulted, verbally verbal sexual yeah. assault." Yeah, I'm saying yeah, <laughs> it's half the breaks there at that. Maria wasn't exactly my cup of tea. I mean. Nor on the other side of a glory on the other side of a glory hole, maybe. (laughs) Glory hole expert. I mean, think of that. Sam Tripoli's somewhere hearing this. He'd be like, it's a great episode. (laughs) I don't know the problem. It's a problem with cancel culture these days. And Fauci, fucking Fauci. You're like, what are you talking about? By by the way, I'm not one of those people. I'm not one of those, like, I'm not regretting what I'm saying. I'm just, I'm, you know. I'm, the, I'm young and dumb. Like you're, you're, you're regretting who you were. It's well, sort of the same. It's sort of the same thing with the Kobe Bryant thing. Yeah, it's like, like it's like I, I'm not a fan of like like I'm not apologizing for saying these wild things. It's just you're like, not apologizing for your Kobe Bryant takes. I'm, yeah, I think I, I might. I think I might go on strike and I oh, might okay. not talk on this episode till you. Apologize. I, I'll apologize for that. <laughs> I will apologize for that. I mean. The 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 voice tone and me stumbling on my words and not trying to give up the argument. Oh, it's so sad. But it did lay the groundwork for some heated debates yeah. that we've had. Although we haven't really had as many lately, but I feel like that laid the groundwork for but listen. NFL is around the corner. Oh, yeah. Ru- Russell Wilson's Broncos <laughs> tenure will be here. Let Russ cook, baby. We're gonna be we're gonna be four games into the season with the Broncos one and three, and, and I'm gonna I'm just gonna come on this show and be like, should they sign Ryan Fitzpatrick right now? And you're just gonna lose your mind. Well, it's funny you bring that up, and we talked about when guys lose certain players or how they are on their own. And I texted you this. I just listened to all six episodes on Andrew Luck's career and post career and how it all unfolded. Uh, it's on, that the, was on the Atlantic of the, Atla- the athletic, the athletic. And, and, and I, and I just want to recommend it to people. If, if they're curious, I think it, I, I crushed it this weekend. They're not long. They're anywhere from like 30 to 45 minutes an episode. It's a six part mini series on the athletic. I think it's just titled luck, but it breaks down his career and how it went down. And I think we've forgotten because we're, I think we're in such a good current wave of quarterbacks, right? With Mahomes, like the new wave with Mahomes sure. and Burrow and Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. It's like you, you got all these young guys. It's almost like we forget that luck just retired in 2019 and he was 29. He's only 32. I mean, he realistically, if he said, hey, I want to play football again, could probably be a really good quarterback for five or six years. But one of my big takeaways when I was listening to this 
was that Adam Schefter got the tip that Luck was going to retire, and he leaked it out on a tweet. He couldn't let Luck wait 12 hours for a formal announcement. Most of the players in the Colts didn't know. Most of basically anybody, nobody in the NFL knew. The owner, Jim Irsay, knew. Uh, Ballard, who was the GM, knew. Not many people knew it. Jacoby Brissett knew. He's on this a lot uh, as, as his backup. But it just, for me, it just, it really makes me think that Schefter is kind of a garbage person for this. Like, yeah. my, my take was that, and they go in specifics. Schefter was out. The, the irony, he was at his mother-in-law's 75th birthday celebration in New York. And he got a text message that said, hey, Andrew Luck is retiring tomorrow. And Schefter tweeted that out from the birthday party out at some restaurant. And it was during the Bears-Colts preseason game. And it's, I mean, you forget how wild it was. It was so wild that fans started yelling to players, hey, is Luck retiring? Because Luck is on the sideline. And they even talked to players saying like, what? We, we had, we're literally like, what, these fans are on crack. What are you talking about retire? He's standing right over there. And they had to do the impromptu press conference and all those things. It just, to me, it's sleazy. Like, yeah, yeah. I understand journalistic standards and you got to leak stuff sometimes, but like, I hated how that unfolded. But I don't know, it just makes me appreciate luck even much more about he made his decision, he retired, and he's just raising his family. And here's what's crazy. They were building a house five minutes from the Colts practice facility. That's where his family still lives. Yeah. He's just raising his family in Indianapolis. It's crazy. And I, dude, I remember it, it's, it's crazy. Cause I remember the last, I remember the playoffs of, of hit the last season he ended up playing. And I remember the beginning when he retired, because the thing is we were speaking of like the, the heated arguments, we were deep in Russ top five at that time. And I remember being like, I remember saying luck over Russ. And I remember in that, I remember being in, it was 2019 in January. I was working with Eddie Ift at the house of comedy and on the, it might've even been on the same day or a Saturday and a Sunday luck beats the Houston Texans for his last playoff win. I think he, I think he loses to Kansas city he does. next week. But he he beats the the Texans, and that was when I was in Bill O'Brien hate mode too. But he he goes like, I forget what the stats are, but he's like eighty percent on third down conversions, and every every big third down he's like passing for a thing. And then the and then the Seahawks go on to lose, I believe, to the Cowboys in a game where Russ doesn't complete a third down, doesn't doesn't get a third down conversion via pass the whole game. And I was like, this is the difference. And then I remember going into 2019 luck retires. And you're like, well, now Russ is definitely top five. Blah, 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 and one less guy. And I'm like, well, that does hurt. It does hurt to take a guy who, in my opinion, is clearly better uh, off the table. So uh, yeah, it's man, the end of the end of, because the thing with luck is they also, he had come back from injury. I think he has that good. He has that good playoff game. He lo he loses a tough one of the Chiefs, obviously that are you know are are starting their their run. Yeah, they well they won the Super Bowl that year. Yeah, they win the Super Bowl. That's the beginning of their little mini run. But they but also the the 
Colts were this close, man. The, right. I'm saying the Colts then like work on improving their team and luck, luck leaves. Like, so, I don't know how, I don't know how long, like did luck in. Um, so here's what happened. So basically did luck and Nelson even have a crossover year. Yeah, did they even did have Quentin. They have the, he has a one year. So interesting that you bring that up. So luck did not play all of 2017. Right. He's battling, just battling this shoulder injury. Frank Wright comes in, he plays in 2018. They rip off like. Yeah, they, they don't play 20. He doesn't play 2017. That's why they have the third pick or whatever. They get Nelson. They rip off like nine out of 10 wins if you're starting slowly in 2018. They finish 10 and six. Luck has a great year. A lot of people said, you know, if Mahomes doesn't have the year he has, there's probably a good chance Luck wins that MVP. So Luck rips off that great year. That's the least amount. He had ever been sacked. He that was the least. He was the least. He was sacked the least of any player in all of the NFL that year. They're like finally, but they waited too long. That was 2018. He'd been in the league since 2012, and they just said all the different hits, and they go through all his injuries, stuff that wasn't even reported. So he had a ruptured kidney that he played through one game. It was really bad. It was really bad. His kidney was ruptured. He woke up, had no clue in the middle of the night, and went to take a leak, and he's pissing blood. Babe, I'm pissing blood. <laughs> She's like, what's wrong with your voice? That's just how I talk. <laughs> so, like, his career, which you Doctor's talk about- like, oh, my God, what's wrong with you? That's just how I talk, but also I'm pissing blood. He is like one of the toughest guys who's played. And here's what's crazy, Joe. You talk about the transition. And he had no team around him. They went, this is what the Colts did. They go Peyton Manning. Peyton gets hurt. They lose their first 13 games. They finish two and 14. Luck comes right in. They say with no roster, you're the number one pick. He goes 11 and five his first year for three straight years. Like that, the point that, by they the way, that's, that's also, that's also a huge, like that's, that speaks to the greatness of Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. I agree. It's always like Peyton man. What did Peyton Manning do versus Tom Brady? Like he came in with no roster. Oh, the roster that Peyton Manning just like regularly took deep in the playoffs. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's, it's scary thinking where he could have been or his career. And I have to say as a Cincinnati guy, and I know we've talked about this, I hope for a fan of football and a fan of Joe Burrow, because he's obviously a great quarterback. I just hope the moves the Bengals make or the things that they've tried, and they're clearly trying, and I'll give them credit for that, work because I don't want to see a second Andrew Luck in Joe Burrow this year. Yeah. Like I, I don't want him to get hit. And they go through it in the podcast, the amount of hits he took. And it just, it just took its toll because it wasn't just one injury. And that's what they say. It's not like, I forget, I forget uh, which former player. It's a great analogy. He said, it's not like a Friday night lights thing where one hit and you're done. It's just right. like hit after hit after hit. And some of it for sure was on luck because he didn't, he just, he didn't know how to slide and he yeah. loved contact. Yeah. He but, didn't know how to slide, but also, and, and again, testament to the man, the Archie, man. this is like the, I think this is the Archie Manning legacy more than anything is he, like him teaching those guys how not to get hurt, how to get rid of the ball, 
like live to fight another day. Like you don't have to, you don't have to step into the pocket and take one in the jaw. Like you can take dude, a sack of times. Yeah, the, the most important thing is staying on the field. Like all those teams with payment, you know, like, Oh, the roster, the roster, roster, like, like, yeah, they had good offensive lines at times with Peyton Manning, but like how much were those offensive lines elevated by a guy who's getting the ball out quickly, never taking hits, like do it, like all that stuff. Um, it's just, and that, by the way, which if you remember, and this is where the Jacoby Briscoli argument was centered, when Andrew Luck retired, they start five and two under Jacoby Briscoli. Right, but and I said seven I, and nine. Right, and I said immediately upon Andrew Luck's retirement. I I, I don't know if the tweets are still out there because I purge myself every once in a while. But I was like, trade for Eli Manning today. And everybody's like, wash, 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 wash. And I was like, no. Trade for him today. Get the guy in there on an behind an improved offensive line to do yeah. essentially what Peyton Manning did when he goes to the Broncos, which is like end of your run. And they had a defense had, too. Yeah, they had a defense. They had a running game. They had an improved offensive line. Instead, they were like, oh, we'll just hand it off to a backup and then we'll try Phillip Rivers and then we'll try Matt Ryan. And then we'll try. And it's just like. And I was just like, Briscoli, this is what we're doing. Briscoli. Yeah. Well, Briscoli, again, is one of the main featured guys in the podcast because I guess they became boys. Cleveland Browns starting quarterback, Jacoby Briscoli. That's right. Or well, is he? Well, Deshaun Watson. I shouldn't say Deshaun Watson. I should say the Houston Texans on Friday, it was announced. They settled with 30 women who also claimed the Texans played a role in all the sexual assaults, uh, discretions, whatever it was. So the Texans have settled with all 30 women. Which really doesn't, I don't think, change anything in terms of Deshaun Watson criminally, uh, his own settlements, whatever. Obviously, those women say, you know, they facilitate it. They, they knew about it, it. They whatever. Yeah. And so... I'm sure many of the complaints, many of the civil suits, criminal suits, whatever, name the Texans as part of it. And they were just like, hey, we're just going to take care of this all at once. We're going to pay off all these women. These women can also then accept money from us and still have their cases against their perpetrator himself, Deshaun Watson. But it is, you know, all of it happening at once. Like it, the, the fact that those women are willing to do that the fact that they're doing it as a, you know, essentially as a group. I don't know. It gives me the feeling that Deshaun Watson, that, you know, the, the, the loose ends are being tied, starting to be tied up. I still say eight and a half games, but now there's rumors. Oh, it's four games. It's five games. It's whatever. I, by the way, I love the statement that the team released. I have to read this statement. This is from the Texans. We were shocked and deeply saddened when we first learned of the allegations against our then franchise quarterback in March 2021. Yeah, first of all, a bullshit. And this one's even more bullshit. Although our organization did not have any knowledge of Deshaun Watson's alleged misconduct, we have intentionally chosen to resolve this matter amicably. This is not an admission of any wrongdoing 
but instead a clear stand against any form of sexual assault and misconduct. We hope that today's resolution will provide some form of closure to the parties involved, our fans, and the Houston community at large. As an organization, we will now turn our focus to the future and doing what we can to ensure respect for all. What I feel like all that statement was missing was just like also in the history of horrific things that we've done. If you're going to focus on anything, focus on how long we kept Bill O'Brien as our head coach and not this, because there are (laughs) other, there are other atrocities. We have been a part of other atrocities. This statement is the same thing that Jerry Jones was doing with his hidden child that he paid all this money where we're not going to admit this is my daughter. We're just going to admit this is a random child that I give millions of dollars every year. <laughs> Dude, it's when you have fuck you money and obviously NFL anybody who do. owns an NFL owner, anybody who owns an NFL team does. Yeah. Like you can do anything. Like it's wild what you like. Yeah. Okay. We, we didn't know. I, here, here, take some money. Yeah. Dan Snyder's like, I'm not saying I don't want to testify. I'm just saying I'm living on a boat only in international waters for an entire (laughs) summer. And a helicopter brings me my food. I Uber Eats Eats with a helicopter. I put put my my chef and the rest of my restaurant staff on a dinghy and they go to shore every day (laughs) and get ingredients to come cook me my food so I don't have to be in any nation state in the world for this wild man. i'm not saying i don't want to talk i'm just saying this is what i choose to do with my summers be a totally marine based human being i mean uh, it's, it's maria oh my god she's calling y'all showed up as maria it's hilarious you remember that picture i'm not going to name names you know who you are remember that oh picture? yeah Hall of Fame dirtball drew a Maria Hall, Hall of Fame crayon picture <laughs> colored pencils at the at the absolute best. Let me just break out my colored pencil pouch. Why would he draw a picture of Maria giving us both hand jobs? <laughs> Dude, I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna go back and listen to some more. Dude, dirty sports back in the day was. Wild. We should just have cringe moments from the vault. I'll enjoy that. I feel like both of our voices have deepened too. Yeah. Just the world of of sports just beating us down. Just out here, my voice is getting deeper every time. Going down an octave every time I have to it cracks as I scream about LeBron James not getting his due. My girlfriend was like around when I was listening to so She's like, dude, what is wrong with you? Why are you, why are you, yeah, yeah. welcome to the Dirty Sports. I'm host, Andy. Why, she's like, why are you speaking so quickly? You're like, I didn't always lay in water. And once I started to, it really, really calmed me down. <laughs> dude, I haven't done a sensory deprivation in over a year. It's not, it's not like it's down the street like it used yeah. to be. Lay in water. <laughs> I gotta find some puddles here in Cincinnati. Oh, there's a lot. It's been raining a lot here. I could probably find a bunch of them. Well, we do have another dirty sports related item from the past. Former Aaron Hernandez Savage of the Year Award winner, Richie Incognito. Oh, has wow. A, has officially retired. Again. Again. He made four Pro Bowls, man. He was actually really good. Yeah, really good. He also and- tried to 
removed his dad's head with the samurai. What was I forget the story? So the story is showed up at the samurai store, wanted his-, his his father passed away, and he showed up at the Arizona where he passed. He showed up in Arizona at the funeral home. At the funeral home, I believe, and tried to decapitate his father's head. This is a true story. You guys can look it up. And then he also tried to, I believe, fight his grandmother also in Arizona. Right. And he then just he, went, he just went full kill bill. Oh, yeah. And then he was re-signed. Yeah. Gruden liked him. He, he, he was a grinder, man. Yeah, he, he's, a, he's a grinder. And he actually was very productive for the Raiders. Dude, to and, me, then, and then when we, was he in Buffalo last? No, he, he's retiring as a Raider. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then you, you almost forget that he bullied. Uh, oh, yeah. Teammate Jonathan Martin down on the fence. That was where that was what got him out in the first place. Right. Yeah. That was, that's what got him released by the Dolphins. Him and uh, him and Pouncey. It was like a duo bullying. And let's not forget Aaron. Shout out to former intern Aaron, who's getting married here in a couple months. Twerks with wolves. Twerks with wolves gave me a Richie Incognito. That's right. Dolphins jersey. Dolphins jersey. Which I still have. Yeah. It should get framed to go on the wall. I was thinking 30, that. 30 Sports Hall of Fame. I'm, yeah. thinking, I'm thinking some of those jerseys should be framed. I do wonder what people would think as I move into my new house. They see you, you start you start a man cave and it's just an old Raiders punter, Richie Incognito, a Richard Sherman neon jersey. Oh, I sent that to CT. Oh, okay. Oh, he but he replaced it with a Russ one, yeah. right? Yeah, OJ. OJ. Oh man, you got to frame all these. Got all these. All got to go in the the the. It it could be called the Bad Man Cave. I got a I got a Adam Morrison one. Yes, legendary. You need to put all these up. Used to be in the hall. It's like the hall of shame down in Andy Ruther's new basement. <laughs> I have framed a picture of of us getting hand jobs from Maria. <laughs> Dude, I think I still have that. Was that just, sent to me? Just print out the uh, print out the transcript of your Kobe Bryant takes. Put them on the wall. Oh, like I have oral received, history. I have received carte blanche to do what I want with the basement. Yes. So basically. So- the man cave of shame. The rest of the house, you know, my lady, she was like, you can do what you want. She's like, I'll give you the basement. I feel like most people too, like I know, you know, we are huge sports fans and everybody who listens to the show is probably a big sports fan. But I feel like I, I, I meet dudes these days and it's always like their their lack of sports knowledge is always like so shocking to me sometimes when people just like don't know anything. I feel like you could get like just like ran like, you know, you guys make a random new couple friend and the guy comes down and he's like, cool jerseys. And you're like, everybody here has murdered somebody or tried to murder somebody with the samurai sword. Oh, that's well, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh, Adam Morrison. Oh, yeah, he's cool. He didn't, try to, he didn't try to remember him, but he just got real sunburnt. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, not yet. He hasn't tried to murder somebody yet. He's like MK Ultra, the 15 millionth mention of him being one of the biggest busts in NBA history is just going to snap and lock in. What, what Final Four? Was that a recent Final Four? 
He was so sunburned. <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny to me. The thought of an adult just being like, nah, I'm not putting on sunscreen when you know you're in the sun is that's one of the most reckless things. I did it the other day. I mean, I don't, I don't get burnt yeah, like but that. You're, but you're like, not, yeah. yeah. But I did that. I went surfing the other day and forgot to put sunscreen on my face and then came home. I was like, man, who's still getting a little sunburned? So we went to Mexico for spring break uh my my senior year we went to Mazatlan i'm with like 17 other guys from my fraternity and another fraternity we were friends with anyway my old roommate he was like that really pasty pale type of guy grew up on a farm in the middle of illinois anyway he gets so sunburned and like continues to not do anything on you know we're in fucking mexico and the whole week, all he did was get sunburnt and just, I've never seen someone snort so much cocaine. And, <laughs> and, and you know what he kept doing? He was so coked out. We would get him to just hit his head on shit. <laughs> and I'll never, one of the most vivid memories I have from that trip is we're flying back from, uh, from Mexico to St. Louis. And he hit on one of those stupid like hats that say like, corona around it like a straw yeah. hat and he, I'm, I'm looking at him and it's from he's in the other aisle across from me i see him take off his hat his whole face and he was like bald like he shaved his head is sunburned and he's got dude it was like a scene out of a looney tunes cartoon you know you hit their head and the thing goes yeah. up <laughs> and I the just, horn i just see him rubbing his head and he's sunburned again. He's just been doing blow all week. I'm just laughing, thinking like, dude, what a regrettable trip you had. That's hilarious. Yeah. All right. Well, the home run derby is tonight. We're at the all-star break, which is crazy. I feel yeah. like this baseball season has gone so quickly. Yeah. Well, we had a shortened. We had, we, it's a week. Remember, we were a couple weeks in. We had oh, a, yeah. True. We work stoppage. But yeah, all-star game here in Los Angeles. Uh, home run derby tonight, game tomorrow. Um, yeah. So, right, do you want my prediction for the home run derby? Yeah. So, we have, let me just go over the contestants real quick. So, we have Kyle Schwarber as a one seed. You have your eight seed, Albert Pujols, two seed, the back to back champ, yeah, boy, Pete Alonso, three seed, Corey Sager, four seed, Juan Soto. Five seed Jose Ramirez, six seed Julio Rodriguez, and your seven seed is Ronald Acuna Jr. I think like? I think Schwarber is going to put up a good first round. I think Schwarber is going to be a classic, like hit a ton in the first round, but not be able to be consistent throughout. I'm going with one of the Mets. I'm going with the two Mets in the finals, and I'm going to take Pete Alonso to beat Met teammate Juan Soto for for the for the belt. Wow. You think he's going to win three in a row? I do. And I think, uh, but I think he's going to be challenged by soon to be teammate and probably greatest left-handed hitter on planet earth today. Juan Soto. Do you think he's who, gonna come- who I, who turned down 440 million. million dollars, which is crazy. But I just, I mean, it just seems to me he doesn't want to be in. Washington, yeah. which is, uh, I, you know, who wants to play in front of holograms their whole life? You know, like get, get, 
of real human fans. And uh, do I think he's going to be met? I don't know, but it's, you know, the Juan Soto trade situation is, is going to, it's going to be like a Kevin Durante type of situation. It's like they offered him $440 million. They obviously want him, but there's probably a line drawn in the sand here. It's like, how much can you offer this guy? So now the rumors are they are open to trading him. I think it's going to, it's going to, there's only going to be so many teams that are willing to trade for him because I think they're just going to demand the world in prospects and young players and what teams are going to want to do that um, and, and potentially jeopardize their future. And I think the only teams that would consider doing it are teams that can reload, not via their farm system, but obviously via, you know, spending money. So Mets, Yankees, Dodgers, Red Sox, teams, teams that have never been afraid to shell out money just to reload. Well, those are the same teams, at least the Mets, Dodgers, Yankees that want my boy in the Reds, Luis Castillo. Yeah. Who's pitching lights out right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's the, that's the, I mean, it's contenders that, you know, don't have to be, and, and here's what I'll say, not about Castillo, but about Juan Soto for, I think Juan Soto is young enough and good enough that it is a Kevin Durant type of situation. Now, obviously one player can't change your franchise, but if you're a contender, Juan Soto can make you a champion is I, I would, I would mortgage entire farm systems to get that guy. I mean, as the Mets, the Mets have the top minor league prospect in baseball right now in catcher Alvarez. Um, but like, you know, if I'm a Mets fan and I am, I'm saying anybody but him, you know, trade the entire, literally trade the entire farm system, like have like shut down minor league baseball play the rest of the year because you have given the nationals all of your players except for Alvarez. But at the same time, I'm like, listen, Alvarez has got to go. Alvarez has got to go. Like, I think you give up everybody that you have to for Juan Soto. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see which teams do that or are willing to do that or get in the conversation to do it. Well, like you said, it's just going to be teams with the money. Literally send them to any team, but the angels, we can't have all the best players in baseball on angels teams. that can't make the playoffs. Yeah. I saw, I saw the best tweet the other day. It was like, uh, every stat you hear, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like paraphrase, but it was like every stat you hear from the angels game is like Mike Trout just hit his 51st homer before the all-star break. And Shoei Otani has done some statistical thing that hasn't been done since 1894. Angels lose 11, four to the tigers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it is crazy how shitty they are year after year. Yeah. So we have a call about two of the surprise teams at the All-Star break. Love it. Gentlemen, CT from the Dome, Seattle, Live on Seattle, Greg Evans. Calling in. Hey, there are two blazing hot teams in baseball right now, Baltimore Orioles and my beloved Seattle Mariners. Uh, I would just like to know, if any, of these, if any of you like these two teams to end up making the playoffs, currently Seattle's in high for a wild card spot. And if so, who do you like going further? And 
I'm loving this Mariners team. They're so much fun. Julio has been such and a breath of fresh air as a Mariners fan. So, and he's participating in the home run derby. Love that guy. Called the beginning of the season, Julio Rookie of the Year. Of course, I'm leaning Mariners, but I'm very, very biased, and I don't get a lot. I don't get to watch a lot of Baltimore uh, out on the West Coast. But I just want to know your thoughts on two of the hottest teams in baseball. CT out. Go in. Well, I have, I have a lot of thoughts. First of all, I agree that if one of those teams is going to make the playoffs, it'll be the Mariners. And I think only one of those teams will make the playoffs and it'll be the Mariners. Um, I don't know if anybody knows or remembers from this show and or dirty slides, but I low key called a potential Mariners uh, division. I, I, I was quick to say, you know, I think this is the end of the um, Astros run. Uh, obviously wrong about that. The Astros are playing fantastic. The, the Astros are uh, the blueprint for how to run a baseball organization in 2022. It's like the fact that guys can leave and that they can just replace them with like, the, you know, the opposite of what the Mets, Dodgers, Yankees approach to getting Juan Soto would be. They're like, why? We don't need to get Juan Soto. We have Juan Soto in the minor leagues. Every single guy we draft is amazing. And every single like, the next guy we're going to bring up is better than the last guy. So shout out to the Astros. Like they, you know, fucking they let guys leave and they never look back for one second. Um, so they're still nine games up on Seattle, but um, yeah, Seattle is uh, in the mix for a wild card spot. I think Seattle will get one because uh, for the same reason that I think Baltimore will not make the playoffs, which is, Baltimore is still in dead last place in the AL East all this whole run. They've finally gotten themselves back to uh, 500, but they're in there in dead last place. And the AL East will beat itself up. So I see Seattle getting in with an AL East team. It's currently Tampa Bay ahead of them, but whether it be Tampa Bay, Toronto, Boston, uh, those teams are all going to be in the mix. I, I say Cleveland. I say sorry. Seattle is in, and an AL East team is in in the wild card spot, and it's just going to be too tough for you know multiple AL East teams to get in for Baltimore to get in. But this that doesn't change that this is a great uh, situation for Baltimore to be in. They were so bad last year. They just drafted first overall pick, and. They're in the midst of going on a run. They've gotten themselves back to 500. It's like the Orioles have been bad for the last, you know, few years, uh, you know, since they had a little playoff run during their, their buck show, Walter days. Um, and Baltimore is a fun team in a great stadium, great uniforms. Um, you know, some historic players. Uh, I like it when the Orioles are good for a long time. The Orioles were my AL, my AL team. I guess kind of technically still sort of my AL team. Um, so it's good when Baltimore is good and for them to have a good season or put together, you know, even just an, a 500 year whilst also having a, you know, the first overall pick. And I believe it was Matt holidays kid who was the first overall pick yesterday. Um, it's nice for them to have a, a halfway decent team and a future ahead of them. Yeah. So I like what both of these teams are doing, but yeah, I, you know, I was maybe a little bit uh, quick on the Houston Astros demise, but I saw a rise of the Mariners 
prior to the year. And I love that it's coming true because to start the year, I felt, I was like, Ooh, well, well, guess I really guess I really shit the bed with that pick. Well, you know, they, obviously they had the, the trade for Winker and Eugenio Suarez, which they both started out real slow and, and they're starting to play a lot better. And that and that's going to help them a lot if those guys continue to. Improve. By the way, I, f- I found the tweet, Andy. Every time I see an Angels highlight, it's like Mike Trout hit three home runs and raised his average to 528 while Shoei Otani did something that hasn't been done since Tungsten Arm O'Doyle of the 1921 Akron Groomsman as the Tigers defeated the Angels 8-3. Yeah, man. It, it's just... It's just sad. It's it, they've always been for the most part a pretty sad state. Yeah, just the location, the stadium, everything's everything's just weird about. Anaheim. And you know, I I went I went to an Anaheim Mets game, and and they have they've kind of they've kind of changed the vibe there. I like it. They're I mean they're obviously inland, but they've embraced this like heavy SoCal like everything's beach beachy centered. All the stuff on the boards. Maybe they have a great new huge video board out in right field. Uh, they have a good young team, but they just, it just seems like they can never figure out how to sustain it. I mean, even this year they started out hot. They were one of the best teams in baseball early on. And then just a huge losing streak. Yeah. Well, I feel like this episode has been a nice little trip down memory lane and we'll continue that with, with our first call about an old dirty sports episode. Can you hear the, uh, the guy blowing leaves behind me, by the way. No. Okay, great. I was like, I can shut the window. The guy outside blowing leaves. I just heard a beeping. I don't know what that is. Okay. I don't know. All right. So let's get to some dirt ball calls. 310-359-8365. Hey, Joe and Andy, this is Ben. Um, from Ithaca, New York, first time, long time. Um, I just, I wanted to like know kind of how that whole Michael Rappaport, T. Moody collab podcast came about. Um, and just like, if you guys still kind of fucks with Michael Rappaport, cause I, I don't, I really don't. I kind of think he's a huge cheddar dick now. And I, I really just liked it for, for T. Moody. Um, so yeah, I was just curious to, if you guys had any like stories or, you know, how that all went down. Um, condoms are for the New York Yankees. Yeah. So that would have been, we did that episode like May, I got a pretty good memory, May, 2015. So, so I had connected with, I think it was through Twitter. Somebody had requested us teaming up and then his, producer he's got a couple producers. jordan winner uh him and i became friends and we exchanged messages and then cell phone and we hung out a few times and that that's how the i am rapaport podcast and and us did we did a live one at the hollywood improv lab and that was where we met jesus oh yeah Remember Jesus is in the right. And he was like, he hated us. Yeah. Well, like, I'll be honest. I don't really follow too closely. uh, Like rap. Like my thing is like, 
the, and I've told you this, like when people get, when it's nonstop political, I just, I just, I get tuned out. Like, because like, I'm to the point where like, I, you're, no one's opinions changing. I don't really care that much about people's rants about politics. I don't know. I don't know what Rappaport and I know there was a Rappaport, G Moody. There was a separation. There's they a beef, fell out. They yeah. fell out. Uh, I don't know if, I don't know whatever came of that. If they're friends or still don't do a podcast together or whatever. I fucks with Rappaport still. Um, I don't listen to his podcast, not for any reason other than I don't really listen to any podcasts anymore. I used to check in with him every once in a while when I would see him post about a topic that I was like, oh, I'd like to hear a rap's take on that. But then for a while, it was like with some, it was behind some paywall here and it was behind some paywall there. It was behind, it was that bar stool, which, you know, I'm not big on tuning into their shit. Um, so it was just as simply as like, it became harder for me to find in those moments when I really don't listen to podcasts much at all in general. Um, but I still fucks with him as a dude. I, I Rappaport will never not make me laugh because he's just so absurd. No, for sure. Yeah. I, I I've met him. I've met him many times since, uh, we did the podcast together doing stand up doing whatever. He's always been super chill to me. Super cool. I know he's uh, got super political, but he also, but honestly, my one and only issue with Michael Rappaport is his LeBron hate. Other than that, I like, we literally have no, I literally have no, nothing. Like I think he's which, on the which right. Which we learned from our podcast with him. That right. was more of a political, or not, a, not a political, a personal thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hates LeBron. Uh, will always shit on LeBron. I oh, I that's like that's my one and only beef with Rappaport. I think he's on the wrong side of history. There, I think he's on the right side of his. Like he might not go about it the right way, but I think he's on the right side of history when it comes to politics. And I know that turns a lot of people off, but I think you know his heart's in the right place when it comes to that stuff. And uh, yeah, I fucks with I I fucks with rap. I I just like people the Trump shit. I just like. That's where I just like, I, I, people get the mute button for me if I'm unfollowing or just unfollow, like on either side. Like, I mean, we just like, I don't know. It's so funny. Like, like I, I am to the point of just completely just not caring. Um, and I, you know, I just want to be on social media to read some news, laugh, uh, figure out some, some things, but, uh, no, but but at the end of the day, I agree. I think he's a funny guy. I think he's talented. Um, but that was a fun episode. Yeah, I just remember G Moody being uh, offended at the idea that I could call Odell Black Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "You call him what? Who?" And then John Morant called himself Black Jesus recently. Did he? You didn't see that? No. Is that true? Because there was a lot. There's a lot of things that were coming out for a while that were like oh people no, no, make- no, no there's a video you didn't see it no he's at this restaurant i think it's even in memphis and he tips this waitress a thousand bucks and she comes back and somebody's filming and she's like she's like looking at the tip you know that he wrote when he signed she's like who are you and he said black jesus joking love it and then she's like do you play basketball do you play something and he's like yeah, I play basketball. She's like, for the Grizzlies? And he's like, yeah. 
which is so funny to me. It's amazing that she would know to ask about basketball. And she knew she knows that. Imagine knowing the name of the team in Memphis and not knowing who John Morant is. I could be wrong how that played so out. You're, like, so yeah. you're a you're a bull. I, I think that's how it played out. But she definitely didn't know who he was. It's, it's you should watch it. It's on Twitter. It's a pretty good video. It's like like. That's that's the type of content I'm there for, like fun yeah. content. Like, oh, he's dipping her a thousand bucks. He calls himself Black Jesus. Okay. Let's see. Oh, this is this is a call about golf and the uh, LIV tour. Andy Ruther, Joey No Chill Prano. This is Vance Hall from Dallas, Texas. You might remind uh, remember me as the uh, the chocolate chip pancake guy, the chef guy. Anyways. I still stand on the chocolate chip pancake and not to draw it out any further because it's been done and dead for a while, but the, uh, uh, the, the chili on yeah, we don't talk about it anymore. Anyways, uh, relaying back to what Joe was saying about getting good at golf. That shit is fucking hard. So I have played 17 rounds of golf. Now I finally broke a hundred. Thanks to my roommate who's been pushing me. He's a scratch golfer. And, uh, yeah, just the LIV tour, if you're trying to make some fucking dough, fucking do it. Just do it. Anyways, uh, condos are for the fucking PGA guys. Fuck them. All right, later. I'd be lying if I didn't say I enjoyed Rory McIlroy's collapse because of all his anti-LIV tour comments. Well, I listen, I wasn't in it necessarily for the I and I didn't watch the end of it. I went surfing yesterday, but I was watching it every morning when I woke up. I wasn't even there so much for the Rory collapse as far as personalities go. And we talked about this, like yeah. LIV, the LIV tour, having all the personalities. The one sole person that like does get me going is Cam Smith and his fucking mullet. I've always been a huge fan of the Australian people. I love the fucking dude's mullet. I was rooting for him the whole time. He's like, finally, he's like one of the last remaining guys with any sort of personality, even if it's just a fucking haircut. So I was like him. And then Cam young, I believe his name is, was the other guy who was in the mix. Uh, he's from right where I grew up. Basically. Um, I believe I, heard them say his dad is like a pro at sleepy hollow country club, which is the first ever golf course, 18 hole golf course I ever played on. Um, and so I was rooting for him, but like, yeah, I, I'm I just like worry McElroy to me seems like a dork seems like one of those people that like, again, for some reason they tried to like, in the post tiger era in the era of tiger being hurt or whatever, they were like, this is the guy he's going to be the guy. We're all going to be the guy. And I just look at him. I'm like, nah, I don't care. I yeah. don't care. And, and yeah, his LIV tour. It's like, yeah, we, we're not even rooting for you to go over there. You're not interesting. You're not exciting. So yeah, I was, I was rooting for a collapse too. And it was nice to see, but mostly because I was rooting for the other guys. Well, at the end of the day, I don't understand why those guys even care do you know what i'm saying like like i i don't know like it, to me it's the equivalent of like getting so worked up about another show like dude okay cool you got a sports podcast at this place or that place i like whatever like people are going to listen to what they want to listen to like i like why again i always say they care because they know things are changing 
Right. Right. And there's the guys again, it's like, it's, it's, it's almost become a thing now. It's like the guys who go over there, they take the money, they go over there. They're they're It's pretty obvious that like, there isn't a built legacy of the LIV tour. So, you know, if that's what you're concerned about, like being, you know, your legacy in golf, staying with PGA, but those guys are like kind of open saying it without saying it. it's like, I'll take the money. I'll be a part of something new. Let's go. And the guys who don't like, if you don't want to just, then just don't just keep playing golf and whatever. It's like, that's the thing about, you know, Cam Smith, who I've, I've been rooting for since a couple of years ago when I saw him in the masters rocking that fucking mullet. I was like this guy and then an Australian love him, but it's like, I haven't seen, maybe he's just not big enough for it to be publicized, but I haven't seen him railing against it. And it's like, when you do, it just seems like it seems insecure. Yeah, for sure. All right. We'll get to, we'll get to another long-term dirt ball with a, Again, a question about some past stuff. What's going on, boys? Kyle Arnowski calling once again from beautiful Tom's River, New Jersey, home of the 1998 Little League World Series champions. Just departed for not-so-beautiful Newark Airport to pick up Jay Lloyd. Little uh, dirt ball adventure weekend. Going to see Dead and Company. Going to see the Bouncing Souls. We need some of the best Italian food, pizza, breakfast sandwiches in the world. And uh, we were just talking about the Bill Walton shirts, the legendary Bill Walton shirts, the real ones, no, the uh, the version that we got. Uh, what happened to the Dirty Sports merch? There's some shirts I could think of. Let's ramp that back up. I need some new uh, some new attire, some updated stuff. You can't be wearing a Z-Block shirt in 2022. It just, <laughs> just don't make sense anymore. I don't know. That's it. I'm start for Newark Airport, and they will always be for Newark Airport. I mean, it's it's pretty bare bones. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, I mean, the th- we haven't mentioned thus the process in a while. We got the Yofool, the Bill Walton Pyramid of Success, your dirty slide shirt. I don't know. Do we do we want to do the? Is Jameis their starting quarterback? Uh, yes, he is. I intercepted this shirt from Jameis Winston. <laughs> do we do we bring back an old, old classic? I love that. Well, I mean, that's I guess that's a question. Is like, listen, if we let's say we did, let's say we had a, um, let's say we have interest in merch, right? Which I don't know if we do. You know, we're we're on Twitter and Instagram at the Dirty Sports. Are you just like just like a general qu- query? Are you interested in dirty sports merch? Yay or nay? If 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 we get an overwhelming yay, maybe the question is then what does that look like? Where do we start? You know, maybe this is a crowdsourcing situation. Like if we were to put out one piece of dirty sports merch in the near future, what does that look like? You know, what is a t- what does a dirty sports t-shirt say? I still stand by that. I think we need a classic baseball hat with an interlocking DS. Uh, but I don't know hack guy off the top of my head. Uh, I don't know if, where our merch guys are at with that, but, uh, let's say we, w- is there interest in dirty sports merch? And then maybe the step two is like, what does that look like in 2022? You know, I got to call my guy anyway. This is a, I'm writing this down. This is a good reminder. Is that a question for him? 
as well. So, yeah, that, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know what it would be at this point. Um, don't be a cuck. That's all the shirt says. <laughs> don't I'm wear. A, I'm a reformed Kobe Bryant lover. <laughs> shirt that just says Kobe Bryant is not top 10 all time. People would be so triggered by that. So triggered. Um, friends don't let friends wear jerseys of players who aren't playing in the game you're attending. That seems like a good one. Like a, there's like a old dirty sports title. I know. By the way, that's something wild as well. I'm Some gonna old dirty sports titles. I, we're gonna do a game. I already wrote this down as an idea. We're gonna do a game where I'm gonna ask you to be a quick fun game. Real or fake dirty sports titles? Yeah, I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna read a title, and you're gonna have to guess. Was this a real or fake dirty sports title? Dude, we had some wild titles back in the day. Like, cancel, 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 cancel. I mean, Shabelli should probably call in for that episode. <laughs> Does Shabelli know? Like, we have titles. I feel like we could be thrown with libel. I think there's something like JJ Watt touches kids or something. Like, like. <laughs> Like we like stuff. We have like I mean, JJ. At JJ Watt probably does touch kids. It's not like he has children. I'm sure he touches them. Like you know, I think we could argue. I think we could argue in a court of law. Technically, he does touch kids. Yeah. I mean, just listen to some of that episode again with Tripoli, bro. Like, and I wasn't there to pull the reins in. Like you're in New York, I'm in LA with Sam Tripoli, and it's just. It's Where's like, Trip these days, by the way? Speaking of, we were talking about Rappaport. Like, I don't, I have no idea where, where or what Sam Tripoli's up to. Like, I feel like he, he has a lot of podcasts. That's when he said, I actually, after hearing that, I went to his website. Because I remember he was on Twitter, and then he was not on Twitter, and then he was on, on Twitter, Twitter as a dragon for a while, and then he was <laughs> off Twitter. He kept getting banned as a dragon. Yeah. He was like Dragon Boy podcast or something like that. I'm going to put it in. He was shadow oh, banned. For, he yeah. was like the, he was the original shadow banned on Twitter, by the way. He is. He's at fat dragon pro on Twitter. <laughs> so I'm talking about, I didn't know that. Yeah. He's, oh, I feel like, so he's got a lot of podcasts going on. I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He has seven podcasts. Sam Tripoli has seven podcasts. There's well, a podcast every day. I'm on his website and he has channels. I assume these are all podcasts. Yeah. But a lot of them, I mean, I'm not trying to diss the guy. A lot of them like Punch Drunk is barely going right now. It's been barely going. So I don't know how frequent some of those are and I, I think some of them are and he's got some i know he's got some real popular ones i mean he he's definitely in a different world is he still in la i have no idea i assume yeah yeah he's got yeah he's got seven podcasts doesn't that make you feel worthless joe prano yeah 
Cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> That's libel right there. I'm kidding. He's clean. He's clean. Allegedly. Okay. That's the hotline or the hotline is 310-359-8365. Give us a call. Ask a question. Share a story. Make it fun. Make it entertaining. You can follow us. Like Joe said, give us merch ideas at the dirty sports on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram, even though I haven't posted it in over a year at Andy Ruther. I'm at Joe Prano on all social media, except for Twitter, where I remain at Fix Your Life. You can follow me on all those places. You can check out JoePrano.com for upcoming shows. Uh, I'll get this one out nice and early. I am doing a uh, night at the Hollywood Improv Lab on August 25th. I'll be it's it's my night. I'll be uh, putting the whole show together. Who are, who all's on it? I'll be closing the show and doing some significant amount of time. So if you're in the Los Angeles area, uh, get your tickets now for that uh, August 25th at the Hollywood Improv Lab. If you are planning on visiting Southern California, uh, make that when you plan to visit. Come to that show. If you uh, know somebody who's in Southern California and you're listening to this elsewhere. Um, send them a text message and tell them to come to that show August 25th at the Hollywood Improv Lab. I am still on Cameo. If anybody wants a birthday shout out. Cool. All right, guys, that is our episode. Thank you as always. We always are grateful for all the support. Fun going down memory lane. Have a great week and don't forget, stay dirty. <laughs>